Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. I noticed that some of you were not writing the translation. Is there a reason? Because um, you see many times we make du'as but we don't even know what we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. So when we are making du'a, then we should know what we are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. Especially when we're making du'a for someone who is gone. So make sure you have the meaning with you. And if you did not write it today, make sure you get it from one of your friends later. Because this du'a, you will also be tested on it. So if you'll be tested on it, that means you should also know the meaning. What is the meaning of this du'a? Especially the part where it says in the du'a that, Oh Allah, substitute for this person a house that is better than his house and a, a family that is better than his family and a spouse that is better than his spouse. What does that mean? Does that part ever make you wonder? I remember that when my grandfather passed away, I was still little and that's the first time when I actually read this du'a and I started making this du'a. And whenever I would come to the part of وَزَوْجٍ خَيْرٌ مِنْ زَوْجِهَا right? I would think my grandmother is the best woman ever. Right? So what does this mean? Then eventually what I learned is that you see, there are some people for whom their home in this world and their family in this world and their spouse in this world is not the way they want it to be. Many people will stay in a marriage for the sake of their children. Isn't it? Or for fear of abuse. I have honestly heard someone saying to me, that I don't want my spouse, this person to be with me in the hereafter. Literally, they said that. You know, I'm doing sabr with them in this world, but I don't want to be their companion in the hereafter. So for some people, this is a reality. They would better off be with someone else, so that Jannah is actually Jannah for them. And then another meaning of this is, that you see, no matter how good, of a family or a spouse a person has, they could still be better. Isn't it? Because no person is perfect. And no matter how much they love you and how much they care about you, there will be times when they will hurt you or they will do something that annoys you. There's always room for improvement. You can say that about yourself and you can also say that about your spouse. So, أَهْلًا خَيْرًا مِنْ أَهْلِهِ زَوْجًا خَيْرًا مِنْ زَوْجِهِ Meaning when they're reunited in the hereafter, they're better than they were in the world. You understand? So their family is better in the hereafter for them than their family was in this world. And their spouse is better for them in a much better state in the hereafter as they were in this world. So you understand the meaning now? Is it clear? Go ahead. You see, in the previous class I mentioned to you the hadith in which we learned that in a person's grave, his deeds will come as a companion. So sometimes the people that you're living with, your own family, people that you're living with, people who are around you, no matter how nice they are, because they're human beings, there are misunderstandings, and because of that there's, you know, you don't intend to hurt someone, but they get hurt. Or they don't intend to hurt you, but you get hurt. So this is something natural that happens in the world. But in the grave, a person's deeds will come to him as a companion. That will be a beautiful, a lovely companion for him. Let's begin our lesson. نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم اهدي قلبي وسدد لساني واسرد سخيمة قلبي آمين يا رب العالمين 
Today, inshallah, very briefly, we're going to look at the next topic with Bukhari, inshallah. Kitab al-Jana'iz, bab number 93. Haddathana Musa ibn Ismail, haddathana Jarir ibn Hazim, haddathana Abu Raja' an Samurat ibn Jundab. Qala kana nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallama, idha salla salatan, Samurat ibn Jundab, he narrated that whenever the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would perform the prayer, meaning he would lead the people in prayer. After the prayer, أَقْبَلَ عَلَيْنَا بِوَجْهِ He would turn towards us with his face, meaning he would face us. So basically, when the salah ended, the Prophet ﷺ would turn around in order to face the people. And this is why you may have seen that imams do that. When they finish the prayer, they turn around and face the people. This is a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. فَقَالَ and then he would say, "Man ra'a minkum ru'ya? Who had a dream last night? Meaning, who had some interesting dream last night? This is very beautiful because typically people want to come and say, "Can I tell you about my dream, please?" And the Prophet ﷺ would actually ask people, "Who had a dream last night?" Qala fa in ra'a ahadun Samura said that if anybody had seen an interesting dream. He would tell the Prophet ﷺ about the dream. فَيَقُولُ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ And he would say, whatever Allah wanted. So what happened? فَسَأَلَنَا يَوْمًا So he asked us one day, فَقَالَ And he said, هَلْ رَأَى أَحَدٌ مِّنْكُمْ رُؤْيَا So this was his usual habit that he would ask people. right? And so he said that one day, he asked us the same question. Has anybody had an interesting dream? قُلْنَا لَا We all said no. قَالَ لَكِنِّي رَأَيْتُ اللَّيْلَةَ رَجُلَيْنِ He said, but I saw in the night two men أَتَيَانِي that came to me فَأَخَذَ بِيَدِي And then they took my hand meaning they held me by my hand فَأَخْرَجَانِي إِلَى الْأَرْضِ الْمُقَدَّسَةِ And then they took me to the Holy Land meaning Jerusalem فَإِذَا رَجُلٌ جَالِسٌ And over there a man was sitting Before we continue you may wonder, this is Isra, right? the night journey. Right? Didn't that happen in reality? Why is this a dream? The thing is, there are many narrations that tell us about Isra and Mi'raj. In some narrations we see the detail of only Isra. In other narrations we see detail of only Mi'raj. And in other narrations we see that the companions sort of put together different things that they had learned from the Prophet wasallam and gave one summarized version. And it's also possible that the Prophet ﷺ was taken on the Isra, the actual journey, which is mentioned in the Qur'an, in Surah Al-Isra, Subhanallah asra bi'abdihi laylam min al-masjid al-harami ila al-masjid al-aqsa. Right, this is mentioned very clearly. So it was an actual journey. And it's also possible that the details that are mentioned in this hadith, he was also shown them in a dream. Because remember that some things were given to the Prophet ﷺ not once, but multiple times, numerous times. Some things were shown to him not just once, but a number of times. And also remember that the dreams of the prophets in general, what are they? Revelation also. So what happened, what he saw at Al-Ard Al-Muqaddasa, فَإِذَا رَجُلٌ جَالِسٌ وَرَجُلٌ قَائِمٌ بِيَدِهِ There was a man who was sitting, and then there was another man that was standing, and the person who was standing, بِيَدِهِ كَلُّوبٌ مِّنْ حَدِيدٌ In his hand was... A kalub of iron. What is kalub? An iron hook. Okay, a hook. So, قَالَ بَعْضُ أَصْحَابِنَا عَمْ مُوسَى 
Now this is interesting, something that we were just learning about in Ulum al-Hadith. Imam Bukhari said, قَالَ بَعْضُ أَصْحَابِنَا عَنْ مُوسَى Some of our companions said, on the authority of Musa, meaning in another narration, إِنَّهُ That the person who was standing, what was he doing? يُدْخِلُ ذَلِكَ الْكَلُّوبَ فِي شِدْقِهِ He was doing something with that hook. So in one narration, what do we learn? That he just had a hook in his hand. In another narration, he was doing something with that hook. And what was he doing? He was putting that hook in the cheek of the man who was sitting. Until it would reach the back of his neck. So basically, he would put that hook into the side of his mouth until it reached the back of his neck. And then he would do the same thing with his other cheek. So basically, from one side, he would hit him with the hook so it would go reach the back of his neck. And then from the other side, again, he would do that. And then his first side would become whole again. Because of course, if a hook has gone through a person's cheek, then it's left a big hole in there. It's wounded it terribly. But then when it would be taken out and put through the other side, in the meantime what would happen? The first side would become fixed. فَيَعُودُ فَيَصْنَعُ مِثْلَهُ But then he would return and do the same thing. So he would put that hook in the right cheek, take it out, put it in the left cheek, take it out. In that meantime, the first cheek would be fine. And then he would put it again in the right cheek. Meaning constantly he was doing that to both sides of his mouth. The Prophet ﷺ, he asked, قُلْتُ مَا هَذَا I said, what is this? What's going on? قَالَ The two people who had brought him here, and this is angels, they said, انطلق, continue, go on. فَانطَلَقْنَا So the Prophet ﷺ said, we went on. حَتَّى أَتَيْنَا عَلَى رَجُلٍ مُطَّجِعٍ عَلَى قَفَاهُ Until we came upon a man who was lying on his back. وَرَجُلٌ قَائِمٌ عَلَى رَأْسِهِ بِفِهْرٍ أَوْ صَخْرَةٍ And there was another man who was standing at his head with a fihr or a sakhra. And what is that? A stone or a rock. Meaning either something small or big, but a rock. And with that rock, what was a standing man doing to the person who was laying down? فَيَشْدَخُ بِهِ رَأْسَهُ And he would crush with it his head. فَإِذَا ضَرَبَهُ تَدْهَدَهَ الْحَجَرُ When he hit him, the stone rolled away. So basically, the standing person would drop the rock on the head of the person who was laying down. And as the rock would drop, it would crush his head and the rock would roll away. So, فَانْطَلَقَ إِلَيْهِ لِيَأْخُذَهُ So the person would go in order to get that rock. فَلَا يَرْجِعُ إِلَى هَذَا حَلْتَ يَلْتَئِمَ رَأْسُهُ And then by the time he would come back with the rock, the head of the person who was laying down would become fixed again. وَعَادَ رَأْسُهُ كَمَاهُ His head would become as it was before. فَعَادَ إِلَيْهِ فَضَرَبَهُ So he would return to him and he would hit him again. So you see what's happening? This punishment is on repeat. قُلْتُ مَنْ هَذَا The Prophet ﷺ, he said, I asked, what is this? Who is this? قَالَ The two angels said, انطلق, go on. فَانطَلَقْنَا So we continued إِلَى ثَقْبٍ To a hole, 
نور which is like an oven so we came upon a hole which looked like an oven an oven which is in the ground basically have you ever seen one like that it's basically a hole in the ground and it's filled with fuel at the bottom is fuel and it's extremely hot there's heat coming out of it and the sides are also extremely hot a'lahu dayyiqun wa asfaluhu wasi'un its top part meaning its opening it was dayyiq it was tight it was very small narrow but its bottom meaning on the inside how was it huge it was vast yatawaqqadu tahtahu naran and there was a fire kindled under it faida qtaraba irtafa'u when the flames flared up what happened irtafa'u the people in it were lifted up hatta kada an yakhruju until they almost came out so think about this like fire rising up flames rising up and as they're rising up the people in the fire what's happening to them they're also being picked up by the flames so severely that they could almost come out of the tanur fa idha khamadat raj'u fiha and as the flames would subside what would happen they would go back into it they would fall back into it raj'u fiha wa fiha rijalun wa nisa'un uratun and the people in it who were being picked up by the fire like this who were they men and women that were urat that were unclothed فَقُلْتُ مَنْ هَذَا The Prophet ﷺ said, I asked, Who are these people? Who is this? قَالَ The two angels said, انطلق, Continue. فَانطَلَقْنَا So we went on, حَتَّى أَتَيْنَا عَلَى نَهَرٍ مِنْ دَمٍ Until we came to a river of blood. فِيهِ رَجْلٌ قَائِمٌ عَلَى وَسَطِ النَّهَرِ رَجْلٌ بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ حِجَارَةٌ So in the middle, was also a man and in his hand was a hijara was a rock so in the middle there was a man standing with another man who was carrying some stones in front of him فَأَقْبَلَ الرَّجْلُ الَّذِي فِي النَّهَرِ so the person who was in the river he came forward فَإِذَا أَرَادَ أَنْ يَخْرُجَ and when he intended to come out of the river رَمَ الرَّجْلُ بِحَجَرٍ فِي فِيهِ The other man who was standing, what did he do with the rocks? He threw the rocks in his mouth. فَرَدَّهُ حَيْثُ كَانَ So he repelled him wherever he was. Meaning the man was not able to come out of the river. فَجَعَلَ كُلَّ مَا جَاءَ لِيَخْرُجَ So every time the man tried to come out of the river, the other person with the stones, what would he do? رَمَا فِي فِيهِ بِحَجَرٍ He would throw stones in his mouth. فَيَرُجِعُ كَمَا كَانَ So he would go back to where he was, meaning back into the river. He wasn't able to come out. Every time he tried to come out, he was pushed back into the river with stones. فَقُلْتُ مَا هَذَا And that entire river had turned red. So the Prophet ﷺ asked, مَا هَذَا What is this? قَالَ انطلق. They said, go on. فَانْطَلَقْنَا So we continued, حَتَّى انْتَهَيْنَا إِلَى رَوْضَةٍ خَضْرًا Until we came to a green garden. Rawda is a garden, khadra, green. Fiha shajaratun azima. And it had a huge tree in it. Wa fi asliha shaykhun wa sibyanun. 
at the asal of the tree, meaning the root of the tree, there was a shaykh, an old man, and sibyan, some children. وَإِذَا رَجِلٌ قَرِيبٌ مِّنَ الشَّجَرَةِ And there was another man close to the tree. بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ نَارٌ Before him was fire. يُقِدُهَا That he was kindling. So a green garden, a huge tree. At the base of the tree, an old man and some children. Nearby, another man in front of whom was fire that he was lighting up. فَصَعِدَا بِي فِي الشَّجَرَةِ So they made me climb the tree. وَأَدْخَلَانِي دَارًا And they made me enter a house. لَمْ أَرَى قَطُّ أَحْسَنَ مِنْهَا Such a house which was more beautiful than anything I had ever seen. Meaning I've never seen anything more beautiful than that. فِيهَا رِجَالٌ شُيُوخٌ وَشَبَابٌ And in that house were men old and young, ونساءٌ, also women, وصبيانٌ, and children. Meaning lots of people in that beautiful place, in that beautiful house. ثُمَّ أَخْرَجَانِي مِنْهَا Then they took me out of there, فَصَعِدَا بِي And then they made me climb, الشَّجَرَةَ, the tree, فَأَدُخَلَانِي دَارًا And they made me enter a house, هِيَ أَحْسَنُ وَأَفْضَلُ That was even more beautiful and much better. فِيهَا شُيُوخٌ وَشَبَابٌ and in that house were also some old people and some young people. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Qultu, I said, Tawwaftu layla. You have been my travel guides for the whole night. In the whole night you've been taking me around. فَأَخْبِرَانِي So tell me now, عَمَّا رَأَيْتُ About what I have seen. Before you made me see these horrible things, and now you're making me see these beautiful things. What's going on? What is this? Qala, they both said, Naam, yes. They said, Amal ladhi ra'aytahu, as for the one that you saw, yushakku shidquhu, whose cheeks were being struck or ripped with that hook. Who was he? Fakadabun. He was a liar. Yuhadithu bil kadba, who would spread lies. Astaghfirullah. This is the punishment of who? A person who spreads lies. فَتُحْمَلُ عَنْهُ So it was, the lies were taken from him. حَتَّى تَبْلُغَ الْآفَاقِ Until they were spread everywhere. You understand? This was a person who lied a great deal and whose lies would spread very quickly also. فَيُصْنَعُ بِهِ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ so this will be done to him until the day of judgment. Now remember, the previous hadith were about the punishment in the grave. So here, this is also being proven, that this punishment will be given until the day of judgment. This is a punishment for who? For a liar. And the person whom you saw, whose head was being crushed with the rock, who was he? فَرَجُلٌ He was the man عَلَّمَهُ اللَّهُ الْقُرْآنِ Whom Allah taught the Qur'an. Allah gave him the knowledge of the Qur'an. فَنَامَ عَنْهُ بِاللَّيْلِ But he slept away in the night. وَلَمْ يَعْمَلْ فِيهِ بِالنَّهَارِ And he did not act upon it during the day. When Allah gives you the Qur'an, what are you supposed to do with it? 
You're supposed to recite it and also act upon it. When is the best time of recitation? In the night. And when is the best time of implementation? During the day. When you're working, when you're interacting with people. But this person, he slept away in the night and he did not act upon it during the day. يُفْعَلُ بِهِ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ This will be done to him until the day of judgment. وَالَّذِي رَأَيْتَهُ فِي الثَّقْبِ فَهُمُ And the one that you saw in the pit, in the oven, they were zuna, meaning the men and women who commit fornication. وَالَّذِي رَأَيْتَهُ فِي النَّهَرِ And the person that you saw in the river, they are akilu riba consumers of interest. So we see over here that the Prophet ﷺ was shown the punishment that will be given for some major sins. Amongst them, lying. What else? What's the second one? Hmm? The person who does not recite or act upon the Qur'an, even though he has the Qur'an. And then, who else? Fornicators. And then, Consumers of riba. So lying, ignoring the Qur'an, while having it, zina and riba. They're all major sins. Very serious sins. The thing is that there's some things that we think are very serious. Like for example, zina. Many people think it's a horrible, ugly thing. They will never think of doing it. But then when it comes to riba, they say, what can we do with sinid? But it's mentioned in the same list. And sometimes people say, oh, what can I do? It's it's my family. I have to support them. Well, will you support them in doing zina? What if they say, it's a need. There's too many temptations. What can I do? Will we be okay? If our children, if our spouses, if people that we love came forward saying, what can I do? Will we give them support? No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't accept it. We wouldn't tolerate it. You know why? Because we become jealous over there. We suffer. It's about us. But when it comes to riba, then we say it's okay. Why? Because we benefit. So in reality, we are selfish. We're only thinking about our worldly benefit and not thinking about their akhirah, their eternity. When it comes to lying, serious sin, when it comes to forgetting the Qur'an, this is also something very serious. وَالشَّيْخُ فِي أَصْلِ الشَّجَرَةِ إِبْرَاهِيمُ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ And the old man at the foot of the tree was Ibrahim alayhi salam. وَالصِّبْيَانُ حَوْلَهُ فَأَوْلَادُ النَّاسِ And the children who were around him in that beautiful garden, they were the children of people. Meaning, children who die in infancy. وَالَّذِي يُوْقِدُ And the person nearby who was lighting the fire, that was Malik, the angel Malik, that is Khazinu النَّاوْ That is the keeper of the fire. وَالدَّارُ الْأُولَى And the first house, أَلَّتِي دَخَلْتَ Which you entered, was دَارُ عَامَّةِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ The home of believers in general, meaning Jannah. وَأَمَّا هَذِهِ الدَّارُ And this house, meaning on the higher level, alright, which was even more beautiful and more afdal, they said, this is Fadaru Shuhada. 
This is the home of the martyrs. So the rank of the shuhada is higher than that of the believers in general. وَأَنَا جِبْرِيلُ وَهَذَا مِكَائِيلُ And who are those two? He said, I am Jibreel and this is Mikael. فَرْفَعْ رَأْسَكْ And they told him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, raise your head, meaning look up. Because where is he now? At the second level, right? So they told him, فَرْفَعْ رَأْسَكْ فَرَفَّعْتُ رَأْسِي I raised my head فَإِذَا فَوْقِي مِثْلُ السَّحَابِ And there was above me something like a cloud. قَالَ They said, ذَاكَ منزلك. They said, this is your destination. You see, a cloud is beautiful, but it's very high. There's a huge you know, distance. They said, this is your manzil. قُلْتُ دَعَانِي أَدْخُلْ مَنْزِلِي So I said, leave me, meaning allow me to enter my manzil also. You've brought me here, I, I want to see what's in there also. قَالَ إِنَّهُ بَقِيَ لَكَ عُمْرٌ لَمْ تَسْتَكْمِلْهُ They said, there still remains of your life that you have not yet completed. فَلَوِ اسْتَكْمَلْتَ أَتَيْتَ مَنْزِلَكَ So if you were to complete it, meaning your term of life in the world, then you will come to your destination. So in this hadith, we see that the Prophet ﷺ was shown many matters of the unseen, And the last part of the hadith is of relevance to the chapter, basically the blessings and enjoyment of Jannah in the grave. Because you see the angel said to him that when you will complete your term, then this will be your destination. When you will complete your term, then this will be your destination, meaning this is what you will enjoy in the grave. So the hadith proves many things, prohibition of certain sins, And we also see the reality of punishment after death until the Day of Judgment and of reward until the Day of Judgment. Bab, Mawti Yawm Al-Ithnayn, Death on Monday. Is there any significance to that? حدثنا معل بن أسد حدثنا وهيب عن هشام عن أبيه عن عائشة رضي الله عنها قالت دخلت على أبي بكر عائشة رضي الله عنها said I came to Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه فقال so he said في كم كفنتم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم in how many garments did you give kafan to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم this is when Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه was seriously ill and they didn't expect that he would live much long so Aisha رضي الله عنها went to see her father Abu Bakr and He asked her that in how many garments did you give kafan to the Prophet ﷺ? قالت, she said, في ثلاثة أثواب In three garments that were beedin, that were white, and that were sahuliyya, that were of sahul. Meaning sahuli cloths and sahul, I told you earlier, it's a place in Yemen. So it's a certain kind of cotton that was made over there. ليس فيها قميص ولا عمامة And in those three pieces of cloth, there was no shirt or turban وَقَالَ لَهَا فِي أَيِّ يَوْمٍ تُوَفِّيَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Then Abu Bakr asked her that on which day did the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم die? قَالَتْ يَوْمَ الْإِثْنَيْنِ She said it was a Monday. قَالَ Abu Bakr asked فَأَيُّ يَوْمٍ هَذَا Which day is it today? قَالَتْ يَوْمُ الْإِثْنَيْنِ She said it's a Monday. قَالَ أَرْجُوا فِيمَا بَيْنِ وَبَيْنَ الْلَيْلِ Sometime today, from 
now until the night. فَنَظَرَ إِلَى ثَوْبٍ عَلَيْهِ And he looked at the clothes that he was wearing. كَانَ يُمَرَّضُ فِيهِ In which he had been sick. بِهِ رَدْعٌ مِنْ زَعْفَرَانٍ And on that cloth was some stain of za'faran, some color basically. فَقَالَ He said, اِغْسِلُوا ثَوْبِ هَذَا Wash this cloth of mine. Why? So that the za'faran is no longer there. وَزِيدُوا عَلَيْهِ ثَوْبَيْنِ And add two more cloths, so that it's three then. فَكَفِّنُونِ فِيهَا And give me kafan in it. So he's telling his daughter that when I die, the same cloth that I'm wearing, just wash it so that the za'faran comes off. I want it to be white, just like the white cloths that the Prophet ﷺ was buried in. Add two more cloths and then wrap me in that. قُلْتُ Aisha anha said that I said, إِنَّ هَذَا خَلَقْ what you're wearing is worn out. He's a Khalifa. Khalifa of the Muslims. And what he's wearing is worn out. So basically what she's implying is, we'll just get a new one. This is old, it's worn out, we'll get a new one. قَالَ إِنَّ الْحَيَّ بِالْجَدِيدِ مِنَ الْمَيِّدِ The living person is more deserving of a new cloth than the dead person. إِنَّمَا هُوَ لِلْمُهْلَ This is only to absorb the pus. Meaning this worn out cloth, you know, it's worn out like this because there's different interpretations of the word muhla. One interpretation of muhla is that it is phlegm basically because he had been sick, you know, like people use their handkerchief for something. So he said, this is why it's like this. No need to get me a new one. Just wash this and wrap me in that. And another interpretation is that it is for muhla as in pus, the excretions that come out of the body, meaning what's the point of wrapping my body in a new garment when you're going to put me in the grave. فَلَمْ يُتَوَفَّ حَتَّى أَمْسَى مِنْ لَيْلَةِ الثُّلَاثَاءِ وَدُفِنَ قَبْلَ أَنْ يُصْبِحَ Aisha radiallahu anha said that he did not die until the evening of Tuesday and he was buried before morning. So we see in this hadith that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu he wished to die on the same day that the Prophet ﷺ died. And that was the day of Monday. So based on this, inshaAllah, if a person dies on a Monday, and in their life they followed the Prophet ﷺ, and we hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this as an ittibar to the Messenger. You know, you follow the Prophet ﷺ in ways that you can. And then there are other things that you would like to happen to you just as they happen to him. And there isn't any special virtue to that, but because of your love for him, وسلم, you want, for example, that you die on the same day that he died. Like for example, if you find out that your birthday is the same as a very famous person, how do you feel? You feel special. right? Even though there's nothing that you did about that, you didn't choose that day, Right? But it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who decreed that for you. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees for a person to die on Monday, and this person used to follow the Prophet ﷺ very closely in their life, then inshallah, we hope that this is a sign of acceptance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah liked their ittibar so much that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this person die on the day, on the same day that the Prophet ﷺ died. You understand? 
So if a person dies on a day other than Monday, it's not that they're evil. No. If a person dies on a Monday, it doesn't mean that they're perfect. No. It just shows, especially if they wanted to die on Monday, it just shows their love for the Prophet ﷺ. You know, my grandmother, one of her friends, she passed away. And this happened actually recently, just a couple weeks before my grandmother died. And uh, a friend died on Monday. And my grandmother was like, oh wow, you know, she died on the same day that the Prophet ﷺ died on. And my grandmother also passed away on Monday. Again, it's not like there's any special virtue to this. But, you know, when a person follows the Prophet ﷺ in their life, the ittibar is good to the best of their ability, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also, inshaAllah, will create such opportunities for them. Bab mawtil fajatil Sudden unexpected death. Meaning when a person dies, suddenly, unexpectedly, they weren't sick, just all of a sudden, they died. What does that mean? Is that something good? What does that mean? Imam Bukhari brings a hadith over here. حدثنا سعيد بن أبي مريم حدثنا محمد بن جعفر قال أخبرني هشام عن أبيه عن عائشة رضي الله عنها أن رجلا قال للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم A man said to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم إن أمي أفتلتت نفسها He said my mother suddenly died وأظنها and I think of her that لو تكلمت تصدقت If she was able to speak before she died she would have given charity. So she died all of a sudden, but I'm pretty sure that if she was able to speak before she died and give us some advice, she would have told us to give some charity on her behalf. فَهَلْ لَهَا أَجْرٌ So will she get any reward in تَصَدَّقْتُ عَنْهَا If I give sadaqah on her behalf? Like she didn't really tell me, but if I do give sadaqah on her behalf, because I know that if she was able to, she would have told me, then will she get reward? قَالَ نَعَمْ the Prophet ﷺ said, yes. So we see in this hadith that sudden death, it so happens, it's not necessarily an evil thing or a bad thing. Actually in a hadith we learn, the Prophet ﷺ said, and this hadith is reported in Musnad Ahmad, that sudden death is rahatul lil mu'min. It's a source of relief for the believer. وَأَخْذَةُ أَسَفْ لِلْفَاجِرِ And a wrathful catching for who? For the sinner. You understand? So, it's not that if a person dies suddenly, it's the best thing that could ever happen to them. Not necessarily. Or that if a person dies suddenly, unexpectedly, they must have been really evil. No, not necessarily. It could be the best thing that happened to them. And it could be a punishment for them, depending on who they were. So we should be very careful when we say anything about a person who dies suddenly or unexpectedly. There are reports in which we learned that the Salaf did not like sudden death in the sense that they did not like it for themselves. They did not want that for themselves that they die suddenly. Why? Because if a person dies suddenly, then what happens? 
they may have debts to pay off, some promises to fulfill, some commitments to fulfill, some things that they want to do, right? And if a person falls ill and they think that they will not make it and then they have a couple of days, couple of weeks, they can wrap their things up, you know, fulfill their commitments, you know, fulfill their responsibilities, etc. They can wrap up their work. It's like a muhla. It's like a chance that they're given. And if a person dies, all of a sudden, without any sign of death, then it can be a difficult thing. He's not able to make any wasiyah, seek forgiveness, things like that. So this is why scholars or salaf did not like it for themselves. However, if a person dies suddenly, and that person, his good deeds were well known, then inshallah we take that as a good sign. Why? Because rahatul lil mu'min. The Prophet said it is a source of relief for the believer. Which is why you see many people, you will find them making dua that, Oh Allah, keep me healthy until I die. Don't make me dependent on anybody else. That I die while I'm still healthy, while I'm still busy in doing good, while I'm not a burden on others. Right? On the other hand, if a person does become ill and becomes a burden on others, etc., even in that is a benefit. You understand? If a person is sick for a long time, for example, a person is old and they're completely dependent on their family for two years, for three years, they're unable to even walk to the bathroom, they're unable to eat anything, people have to do everything for them. Even in that is rahmah. Why? Because for every moment of pain, inshallah, for their sabr, there is reward. Isn't it? For that suffering is purification. Not just for the person who is sick, but also for those who are taking care of them. You understand? So we should not become judgmental of people. We should expect the best inshallah. But this is something that we should be concerned about for ourselves. That if for example, we have you know certain responsibilities or certain amanat, then we should not keep procrastinating. If we have something that we need to make wasiyah about, then we should do that as quickly as possible. I don't delay it unnecessarily. Because sudden death is a reality. It happens to people. You know, this week, do you remember Shanze? She used to come to our class. She moved to Saudi and there she goes to in an institute. And she told me that she was in class. The teacher just finished the class and she was still talking. But people could get up and she said, the girl sitting behind her, as she got up, she just fell. Got up and fell. And when they checked, she had passed away. She had passed away. Young girl, and she recited the Qur'an so beautifully. In fact, once she even sent me her Qur'an recitation. All of a, young girl, all of a sudden, stood up, fell down, dead. No sign, nothing. She was perfectly fine. All of a sudden... So we really don't know. This is a reality. And if something like this happens and a person's actions were good, then inshallah we see that as a good sign. Inshallah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took them away while they were still doing good. Now in this hadith we see that the Sahabi asked the Prophet wasallam that if I were to give sadaq on her behalf, would she get reward? And the Prophet wasallam said, yes. And one of the reasons why this man was hopeful was that he knew that if she was alive, she would have given sadaqah or told them to give sadaqah. So this shows that if a person 
has a habit of doing something good. And then because of illness or because of death, they are prevented from doing that good. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will still reward them. Because if they were able to do it, they would do it. And this is the thing. Even when they're not able to do it themselves, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make somebody else do it on their behalf. You understand? Their deed is so much accepted that even though they are sick or they have passed away, their good deed will continue. How? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give tawfiq to somebody else to do it on their behalf. Like over here, this woman was not able to tell her child to give sadaqah. She died. Her son had this thought. Who put that thought? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So her deed continued. So this is something that we should also think about, that what are the actions that I do as a habit? And then with regards to doing things for those who are deceased, so that reward can continue to reach them. Alhamdulillah, there is this pamphlet. It's called Sending Reward for the Deceased. It has all the ahadith and all the various ways through which you can do something that will bring reward to people who have passed away. Like for example, first of all, a person should do something in their own life. Right? While they are healthy, they should do something in their life so that they get continuous reward, sadaqah jariyah. And remember the hadith about the three things. Then arranging water for people, planting trees, taking care of the need of travelers, spreading beneficial knowledge. Also, for example, if a person has passed away and they had fasts to make up, then making those fasts on their behalf. If they had certain promises they had made, then fulfilling those promises on their behalf, doing hajj on their behalf. If they had certain obligations, fulfilling them, seeking forgiveness for them, giving charity on their behalf, like from this hadith we learn, also offering sacrifice on their behalf. Right? Offering sacrifice on their behalf. This is also something that can be done. So this pamphlet, Sending Reward for the Deceased, make sure that you get it, inshallah. This is your homework for the long weekend. You have to read through it. okay, And keep a copy with yourself so that the next time somebody asks you or you are wondering yourself, what can I do for my loved ones who have gone? You know exactly what to do. Inshallah, we'll conclude over here. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.